Well, the title of our lesson today is How Fit Are You? I want you to imagine going to your medical doctor this week and undergoing a very series of tests that will determine your physical fitness. And they are going to do a lot of different tests and they, they're going to try and determine just exactly where you are, physically speaking. When all is said and done, what will the doctor say to you? Will they tell you that you're fit? Will they say that there are some areas that may need some improving? Maybe there might be certain foods that you need to lay back and not eat as much. Maybe there's other things that you have to be of concern as well. The things that like cholesterol and high blood pressure and diabetes and so forth. How fit would you be? Spiritually speaking, Imagine stepping into the very office of Dr. Jesus and the Lord Jesus is looking you over, determining your strengths and your weaknesses, spiritually speaking, and then talking to you very kindly, very lovingly, and very bluntly about your spiritual fitness. If it were that the Lord was to run a series of tests on you, the question is now, how fit are you? How fit would you be? When we look at 1 Timothy 4, we will find because in these verses, the Apostle Paul talks about this godly exercise. Now he compares godly exercise to the physical exercise, that there is this parallel. Now we begin talking about the purpose of exercise, and all of us know that, pur that purpose of exercise is to produce a physical well-being, a physical fitness, so that when we do go to the doctor, the doctor can say, well done, right? You're doing well. Keep it up. We are interested in trying to be mentally and physically fit. And so when we engage in certain types of physical fitness, physical exercise, the intent is to bring about a sense of well-being, isn't it? Because if we feel or if we are physically fit, we feel better, don't we? Overall. I want you to think with me for a moment or two about the world's view of the body. You know, the ancient Greeks viewed the body as an object of worship or devotion. The Epicureans believed in maximizing pleasure in life and minimizing the pain. And they viewed the body as that instrument for pleasure. And then there were the Stoics who viewed the body as the prison house for the soul. And that is somewhat of a worldview on the body. But what is the word's view of the body? That is, what does the Bible have to say about the Bible? And sometimes people will say, well, it's my body and I can do whatever I want 
because it's mine. I think that what most people do not understand is that ultimately your body belongs to God, to him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19 that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. But then he goes on to say in verse 20 there, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Now listen to him. Which are God's. Now either that's true or that's false. And if that's false, we need to go home because I can't preach anything else. But it's true. Our body belongs to God. And as a result of that, we ought to do our best to take care of this body. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 7. He said, exercise thyself rather unto godliness, for bodily exercise profiteth a little. There's something that can be said for exercising your body Because in about a month, we will be, the Lord willing, embarking upon a new year that is 2021. And every year in January at the gym, you will be amazed at the number of people that begin trying to get in shape. It happens every year. There is always a a flood of people, young and old, and everybody wants to get in shape. And there are many with that intent. But interestingly, in about three months or four months later, many of those same people that began that year with the intent of being in the gym have now no longer to be seen in the gym. What happened? They faded. Everybody wants to be fit. All of us want to be fit. The problem is that we are not all fit. And so you think about the body that God has given us and you better take care of that body because if you if you don't take care of your body, then it's going to well, if you do take care of your body, then it's going to allow you hopefully prayerfully to function for many many years upon this earth. Now you can take that on the other end. If you don't, it's going to fail you. Right? Now think with me, if you will, about the principles of exercise. Now Paul said, exercise yourself rather to godliness. When I think about exercise, there are a couple of things that really come to mind. First of all, it takes effort, doesn't it? I mean, it takes effort to be involved in exercise. That's why a lot of folks start strong and then fade because it requires a lot of effort. It requires first and foremost dedication. That is true physically. If you want to be in shape, you've got to be dedicated to get into shape. It just doesn't happen on its own. Believe me, I've tried. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. Now, you got, if you, you don't get into shape by just thinking, well, I hope I get into shape. No, it just doesn't work that way. You've got to exert some effort, and it takes a lot of dedication. By the same token, if you want to be in shape spiritually, guess what? You're going to have to put some effort into it. 
You're going to have to put some effort into it. Jesus said, seek ye first. That means before anything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33. That is why a lot of folks are not in shape physically. They are not dedicated. It's got to be a part of really who you are if you want to be in shape physically. You've got to have the dedication to be in that gym every single day or every other day during the week. Otherwise, it just will not happen. A lot of folks want to look good, but they don't want to pay the price. The same is true spiritually, right? If we want to be spiritually fit, we want to be what God would have us to be, we're just not that dedicated. But first, it requires dedication, doesn't it? We have to be dedicated. And then the second thing is, is that we have to be involved because it requires discipline. Discipline. It requires discipline. Not that it's a tough word. It isn't. But when I think about discipline, the word that really comes to my mind is self-control. Self-control. Now that takes both. It takes dedication and discipline. You've got to be dedicated enough, first of all, to go to the track or go to the gym to exercise. And by the same token, if you want to be fit spiritually, you've got to be dedicated and you've got to be disciplined. In 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8, Peter talks about those Christian graces, you know them, that we are to adorn within our lives. He said, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance. Now, temperance is self-control. If you want to be in shape physically, you've got to have some self-control, don't you? But if you want to be shaped spiritually or in shape spiritually, you've got to have some self-control as well. What do I mean? Well, let's just say that you, that you would go to the doctor this week and he said, you, you know what? You need to get started exercising. You need to, to build a little bit of that muscle tone that will help keep those bones where they need to be and not uh, going in bad shape, right? Not only do you need exercise, but you need to watch your diet. Now, the doctor's telling you this. Two things here. It's going to take, number one, a lot of dedication on your part to get out there and exercise. And then number two, it's going to take a lot of discipline, self-control, or willpower on your part to not only exercise as well. And so you're going to have to get out. You've got to begin by walking. You've got, you got to start somewhere. You start walking every day. Well, the Bible says, spiritually speaking, that we are to walk that is, in the light. To walk in the light of God's Word. You can't be spiritually fit if you're not walking in the light of God's Word. In 1 John 1, verse 7, John said, But if we walk in the light as He is in light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Walking the line as he is in the life. If you do that, he says that the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you, will continue to cleanse you from your sins. That is, here's a child of God, obedient to the gospel, 
dedicated and disciplined to walking in the light, walking in conformity to the very will of God. In Ephesians 5 and verse 8, Paul says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Notice, he says, walk as children in light. The psalmist here in Psalm 119 and verse 105, he says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my, you know it, pathway. We have to walk in the light. Some of us need to walk in the light because some are not walking in the light. Once you begin walking, then what can you do? You can start running, can't you? You start walking, then you can start running. When was the last time you ran? When was the last time you walked? Spiritually, we walk in the light and we run with patience. The, the writer said in Hebrews 12 and verse 1, he says, Wherefore, seeing ye are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside, let us lay aside every weight and the sin with those so easily beset us, and let's run with patience the race that is set before us. You think about it for a minute. You're in a Christian race. That's right. You're in a Christian race. You've got to run with an enduring, persevering spirit. Why? Because you're going to face trials. You're going to have temptations. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have some peaks and valleys, highs and lows. There will be a lot of things that will come your way. It's going to test your faith. You've got to take the viewpoint that you're in this thing for the long haul. You see, Christianity is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. And so you've got to run with patience. And then let's think about how we're endeavoring to get into shape. We walk, we run, and then we need to lift weights. You've got to go to the gym. You've got to lift the weights. And when you lift the weights, it causes resistance. And then over time, what does it do? It builds muscles, right? That is what we are interested in. That's building physical muscles. But spiritually, we're not so much interested in building the physical muscles, but building spiritual muscles, right? We lift up the fallen, don't we? Listen to what Paul said in Galatians 6 and verse 2. When Paul says, Bear ye one another's burdens... And so fulfill the law of Christ. Here I am lifting up a, a brother or a sister that's in Christ, that's in need. I have that opportunity. I have that responsibility. Paul says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. Right? There's another exercise. I have Galatians 6.10. There's another exercise that we talk about walking and running and lifting. What about knee bends? You will go to the gym and you will see people doing squats. And sometimes you'll, you'll see people bending, doing knee bends. We need to do some knee bends spiritually. You know probably where I'm going with this, right? We need to get down on our knees and pray. We need to bend the knee. Get down there and pray to God. Jesus said that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Luke 18, 1. 
Paul said, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, Colossians 4.2. He said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17, to pray without ceasing. If we want to be spiritually fit, then there are got to be some things that we have got to do. We've got to exercise ourselves unto godliness by walking and running and lifting, engaging in knee bends. But then there's another part of spiritual exercise. Some of us need to go on a diet, maybe physical, but more importantly, spiritually. Spiritually. Let me tell you what, you can go to the gym until Jesus comes, right? And you can run, you can lift and do all of those things. But if your diet is not what it ought to be, you're not going to see any progress. You can talk to people that are in shape, those who are in fit. You can hope that that will rub off on you, but it won't. But. They will tell you what goes hand in hand with working out, and that's a proper diet. A proper diet. You'll never be spiritually fit if you don't have the right of diet, the right diet. And there are a lot of folks out there in our world that are feeding on a lot of garbage. The Bible says in Matthew 4 and verse 4 that it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, a lot of us, we love good food. In fact, we had some of the best this past Thursday, right? Some good food. It's always good. But when it comes to good food, we spare no expense. We might go to the good restaurants. We buy the good food at the grocery store. We make sure that we've got exactly what we want. Spiritually, though, we are malnourished. We are malnourished. We don't feed on the word. We don't read it. We don't study it. We don't meditate on it. And because of that, we are not fit, spiritually speaking. You'll never be fit unless you have the right kind of diet. Peter said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. It was in 1 Peter 2 and verse 2 that he said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? So that you may grow thereby. You see, if you want to grow spiritually, you've got to feed on God's word. Let me ask you this question. Let me say you, you walked into Jesus, Dr. Jesus' office and you sit down and, and he begins to ask you a series of questions. Do you walk? Do, do you run? Do, do you lift? Do you pray? Uh, how is your diet? And you tell the Lord Jesus Christ, well, you know, I've been meaning to get started to walk. I've got good intentions. I've been meaning to get started running. My intent has been to start lifting and to start doing some knee bends. I've been intending to get on a, on a diet. What do you think Jesus would say? What do you think he would say? He would say, you're out of shape. And you better get to it now before it's everlasting too late. 
You see, if you're not in shape physically, it can cost you your life. If you're not in shape spiritually, it can cost you your life eternally. There won't be another chance. There won't be a, another new year to try to make things right. It's eternal. Here's the second thing I think about when we talk about being involved in exercise. Exactness is involved in exercise. What do I mean by exactness? Well, if you go to the gym and you get with a trainer, they're going to ask you, what is it that you want to accomplish and what is it that you want to achieve? What is your objective? Do you want to build strength? Do you want to build stamina? Or do you just want to muscle out? Or do, or do you want to be powerful, right? Powerful. Become more powerful. Are you, are you looking to build up perseverance? Spiritually, do you want to be fit? First of all, you've got to start building some strength, don't we? How are we going to build strength? Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you want to be physically fit, if you intend to be strong and powerful in the faith, then you've got to equip yourself with the Christian armor. Right? If we don't have the armor on, then we are weak. You're susceptible to the enemy. And then you need to build some stamina, perseverance. Why is that? Hmm. Because as I said a moment ago, Christianity is not a sprint, it's a marathon. You need to have some stamina. When you get out here living the Christian life day in and day out, guess what? You're going to face some adversities. You're going to face some trials and tribulations, temptations that come your way. You're going to face all these things in life. You're going to have to have some stamina. I, every so once in a while, will get a letter in the mail from somebody that does not have a return address and they didn't sign it. But they like to tell me what they think, their opinion. Every so once in a while. And it's, hmm. I, I've got to have some stamina. Because I could take that the wrong way. Maybe they're trying to intend it to be the wrong way, but I've got to have some stamina. I've got to have a persevering spirit develop a persevering spirit. That's what you've got to have, an attitude. Nothing's going to destroy you. Nothing's going to get you down. You're going to ride this thing out. Here's what James said in James 1 and verse 2. He says, blessed is the man that endureth. And of course, the E-T-H at the end of that word means it's a continuing action. In, who continues to endure temptations. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. And so some principles of exercise. But then thirdly, what about the profit of exercise? 
the profit of exercise. Listen again to what Paul said. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. When you go to the gym, when you get out and you walk and you run, it's going to profit you, isn't it? But know what he says, godliness is profitable for all things. Having the promise of life that now is and that which is to come. When you engage in spiritual exercise, first of all, it will bless you right now. Did you know that one of the great things about Christianity is that it will bless your life right now? Right now. When you obey the gospel, you enjoy so many blessings made possible by Jesus. Jesus said in John 10.10, I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Paul talks about 2 Timothy 1.1, the promise of life, which is in Christ. If you want to be blessed, if you want to enjoy life at its fullest, it is only in Christ. You know, there are a lot of people in our world today that are looking in every place, every sphere. They're looking for happiness. They're looking for contentment, satisfaction, joy, peace. Guess what? It's not there. It's not there. It's not out there in the world. The world doesn't have anything to offer. It may be you are here today and you can attest to that. Maybe you're watching online and you can attest to that as well. It may be that you can say honestly that you can tell people, I've been in the world. I've tried the world. I tried money. I tried materialism. I tried it all. I tried the drugs. I tried the alcohol. I tried this and I tried that, but it's just not there. Happiness is not there. But there is happiness in Christ. There's life in Christ. And you can enjoy an abundant life right now. It's just one of the greatest things that we have to sell. Christianity sells itself, doesn't it? It does. But why? Because of the great blessings we enjoy. The great blessings. You think about the forgiveness of sins. There there are people in our world today that are eaten up with guilt. Their hearts are heavy. They're burdened with sin. And when we obey the gospel of Christ, Peter said in Acts 2 and verse 38, that we enjoy the remission of sins through what? Repentance and baptism into the name of Jesus Christ, all of which is preceded by faith In the Lord Jesus. We confess the name of Christ. We're added to the body of Christ. We have all of these great blessings. But then godliness blesses us with the life to come. Listen again to what Paul said in verse 8 of our text. 1 Timothy 4. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Where do you plan to be in a hundred years? Well, I won't be here on this earth or I'll have the world record (laughs) of the oldest man that ever lived on here on this earth a hundred years from now Uh, what are your plans a hundred years from now 
Well, where will you be? Do you really think the automobile that you're driving right now will mean anything to you in a hundred years if you could live a hundred years? Do you really think that that bank account that you treasure so much is going to mean anything to you in a hundred years from now if you could live to be a hundred years? What about the clothes you're wearing? What about your home? I mean, do you think in a hundred years that anything will mean a thing to you? No, it won't. It won't mean a thing to you at all. Do you know why? Because you'll be in eternal. You'll be in eternity. You will have not, if you have not exercised yourselves to godliness, you will be in a heap of trouble. You can mark that down. You'll be in a heap of trouble. You'll be in more trouble than you are that you can ever imagine. We talk about the ephemeral nature of life, transitory. And, and Paul said, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Right? 2 Corinthians 4.16. And he said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen... For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We look not at the things which are seen, because the things which are seen are temporal, 2 Corinthians 4.18. Passing away, it's going to be gone. Everything that we have physically, materially, gone. Gone. What about the eternal nature? Paul said that this is a faithful saying, verses 9 and 10 of 1 Timothy 4, and worthy of all acceptation, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. God is the Savior of all people, but that the only people that will be saved are those who buy into God's way. God's way. Those who see the importance of godly exercise, the eternal nature of men. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1. He says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. And house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. You won't go to heaven by accident. Now you can mark that down too. You'll go because you planned it. You planned it. Because you have made the provisions. You have made your reservations. You, because spiritually you're in the gym every day and you're doing everything that you can be spiritually fit. Here's the question. What if your physical fitness was a reflection of your spiritual fitness? That's a good question, isn't it? What if your physical fitness is a reflection of your spiritual fitness? Are you in shape physically? Are you in shape spiritually? You may be out of shape physically. You may have a lot of work to do, but if you're out of shape spiritually, that's what's really dangerous. Some folks... Because they're out of shape physically, they're, they're a ticking time bomb. If somebody's faithful, they're just seconds away from a heart attack or a stroke, right? 
But if somebody's faithful to God and they die, they go to, to be with him. If somebody's not faithful to God and they are a ticking time bomb, they're in a lot of trouble. And so I want you to, what, what I want you to do is to make plans now. Don't, don't, don't put it off anymore. Long. Don't, don't wait until January 1st and say, Lord willing, man, I'll, I'm going to get started on January 1st. Uh, things might not even be open January 1st. So January 2nd. Well, I've had a rough week. Well, maybe over January 10th. Oh, you just don't know what I went through then. Then it's going to be January 17th. Well, and then you just put it off and you put it off. Let's make 2021 the best time of your life. But let's begin now. You see, you have to make plans now for 2021, Lord willing. Let's make plans, plans to be spiritually fit. If you start now, come January 1st, man, you will be fit. You will be fit. So a year from now, if somebody to ask us, how fit we are, we should be able to tell them with a big smile on our face, I am spiritually fit and I'm ready. Isn't that what Paul said? I, you know, I'm ready for my departure. I've kept the faith, right? I've finished the course. I'm ready. I, you know, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me in heaven. I can't wait to get there to get it. But he also said, I want to take as many people as I can with me. And I feel the same way. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and willing to repent of your sins, ready to make that good confession of the sweet name of Jesus, and then be baptized in that watery grave for the remission of your sins, you can have that in your life. You can be starting that spiritual fitness on your way. And then you continue to be faithful until the end, until the death. We'll talk about that tonight. That heaven will be your home. Isn't that wonderful? They even think about it. The Bible assures us that God will ultimately pardon us if only we will be willing to come to him in his terms by what he wants us to do. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, and then live faithfully. Maybe you're a child of God, you're wandered away. Be sure and let us know so that we can correct that. We'll pray with you and for you as well. And we hope that you'll make that decision even this morning.